from our psalm. Let your countenance shine up on us, your servants, and teach us your statutes. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So this year's National Book Award uh, was conjointly won. There were two books that won the prize. And one of them was actually written by someone born but not raised in Annapolis, Barbara Kings, uh, Kingsolver. And she wrote a book entitled uh, Demon Copperhead. And in that book, she tells the story of Appalachia. And it's the story of Appalachia mixed in with Dickens' David Copperfield, the story of being orphaned as well. In a recent interview with Barbara Kingsolver, she was asked what prompted her to write that novel. And she responded very simply. She said she, like many who were born and or raised in Appalachia, internalize shame. Internalize shame and carry a sense of deep unworthiness in life. You know, in reflecting on her words, I think it's not only people who have Appalachia in them, but many of us who internalize a sense of shame. Many of us internalize this sense of shame because we compare ourselves to other people. We compare our looks to Ken or Barbie. We compare our wealth and our accents to Thurston Howell or to Abu on The Simpsons. We are a people who are so laden with comparison. And when we compare, there is a sense of deep shame that comes into our life. This deep shame is not one born of God, but is one born of created human idolatry. Because it is this world that emphasizes the status questions, the status privileges of wealth, of what the world conceives to be physically beautiful, and politically powerful. It is in that context today that I'd like you to examine the first two texts that we heard from the first uh, lesson and the epistle today. The first lesson reveals Solomon's unworthiness. It's not an unworthiness that is born of his comparison to um, not having enough. In fact, his unworthiness, much different from the feeling of unworthiness in the world, is an understanding that he carries with him a great burden, the burden to lead. And he comes to God with deep humility, acknowledging that he is merely a human being 
and needs God's wisdom to lead God's people. It is an unworthiness not born out of materialistic values, but out of a deep sense of a burden that he carries for his people, a burden that he desires to lead, a burden that he desires to lead well, and requires of God only one thing, wisdom to live in this world. Beloved, we are going to baptize three children. And many of us are in different stages of our life. And, you know, we, we can come to, to life thinking about all that we don't have and be ashamed of all that we don't have. But let me just say that that is part of the construct of human idolatry. What we should be dependent on is the fact that we need wisdom born of God in order to live in this world. And true unworthiness comes in our life when we feel that only, when we acknowledge that only God can provide us with deep wisdom if we submit ourselves to receiving that deep wisdom from God. Now the second lesson, the epistle, which is a bit more complicated. If you just take a look at your bulletin and read with me. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the hearts, heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Brothers and sisters, admitting before God that we are weak and that it is only in God that we can move and it is only in God that we have the very fiber of our being is the first step towards receiving God's strength in our lives. And it is only through God's strength in our lives that we can deal with worldly shame, feeling inadequate in the sight of the world. It is only when we allow God to transform our value set, not to look as the world looks, but to look at how God looks, that we can come to terms with divine wisdom and divine purpose of what God's purpose for us is on this earth. And when we receive that divine purpose, as Paul is writing about in Romans, we know that we are more than conquerors, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because we possess a power greater than a power that the world can conceive of or the world can grapple with. We possess the power of a living God who loves and knows us for who we are, his beloved, his creation. Brothers and sisters, we have come today in the context of St. Anne's Day. St. Anne is the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary, 
And if you uh, did evening prayer, if you were at evening prayer on July 26th, you would have read from the Magnificat in Luke chapter 1, and you would have read the word favor twice, that God favors Mary, and that the favor of the Lord is upon Mary. What made Mary so special? Was it that she possessed magazine good looks, or she came from a prestigious family, or had immeasurable wealth? No. What made Mary worthy, or blessed as used in the Greek, is the fact that she acknowledged her ultimate dependence on God. And she acknowledged that without God, she could not do anything on this earth. And that mother revolutionized the world. What was cast down was brought high. Not because of anything, any value set that the world has laid on her but because of her ultimate dependence on the living God. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are in your lives. I don't know if you carry a sense of guilt or shame. Let me assure you this. One, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. That's Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Two, true worthiness only comes in depending upon God. Because it is only God who can offer meaning and substance in this life. Your yachts, your cars, your houses, your jewelry, your possessions cannot. So if you want to live a life of meaning and of depth, and to come out of shame, perhaps rely upon God and allow God's Spirit to fill you so that you will dawn on a new perspective of life that seeks out wisdom rather than material things because it is that wisdom that we need to live in this world. Beloved, as we enter into the sacrament of baptism, of Eucharist, I invite you today to examine where in your life do you feel ashamed? Where do you feel a sense of guilt? Upon that examination, I invite you to unburden yourselves, perhaps praying the words of confession with deeper meaning and deeper intent, laying it bare before God who calls you as his own. Thirdly, I invite you to reflect after you leave this, this church and partake of you know, the, the beautiful coffee hour and the celebration that has that is been prepared, to actually take a look at Scripture. Perhaps revisiting the passage where Samuel, the prophet Samuel, anoints King David you know, remember that passage where uh, 
Jesse's sons are all brought together, the tall, handsome one, the tall, strong one. And God says, no, I have not chosen any one of these. I have chosen the little one, the one who doesn't look like a king, but will be Israel's greatest king. I invite you to look at the book of Job and see what true blessedness is. In the midst of trials and difficulties, a deep dependence and reliance on the living God. Born not out of a sense of I have everything, but a, sound, a sense of without God I am nothing. Thirdly, reflect on the life of Mary, who offered her own body as a vessel for God to work a revolution in this world. When you examine all these things, grapple with these texts with your life and see how you can be a blessing on this earth. Amen.